This is Wyman and Bob on Seattle Sports Station. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Streaming live on the Seattle Sports app and at seattlesports.com. Now, here are your hosts, Dave Wyman and Bob Stelton. The days are ticking by before the Super Bowl hits, Dave. Are you excited? Are you going to a party or anything? Are you uh, just going to ask you that? Watch it in solitude. What are you going to do? So I prefer, and I always pretty much watch it with Shannon. Okay, so um, one time I did a gig at a casino. This was a few years ago. Um, this is. I'm just going to let put it out there. Um, <laughs> Max Strong was supposed to do it, and it it paid like. I swear to God, it was like $10,000. What? Or maybe it was five. I don't know. Like I said, I'm just going to put it out there. I think maybe it was 5000 But it Just to show up? To, to go to a big Super Bowl party and sign autographs like they had pictures of me. Now, who they really wanted was Mac Strong. Um, <laughs> you were plan B. But there's a reason why Mac would not go to the the casino. And it was because the other two people that were signing were penthouse playmates or whatever they're called pets pets bob knows. I, that's what i've heard <laughs> i was looking your way bob i didn't i didn't want to uh indicate you in any way uh, listen it's, it's in my wheelhouse it's fine so uh i went to and he goes well you want to do it i'm like well let me check so i i went to shannon and she goes Oh, you're doing it. When I told her, yeah, I was like, yeah, it's like $5,000 like or something even like more that. Now. Yeah, she's like, oh, yeah, you're, you're definitely doing that. And she's fine, <laughs> let's go. You know, we got to spend the night. We got dinner, everything. And it was the Giants. It's the one where the Giants beat the Patriots. And I think that oh, was the year they were 16-0. and 0. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was at that game. Were you? Yeah. Wow. And so, yeah, I was – they put me in front of the – pets mm-hmm. okay which is why they put me there because what everybody really wanted the autograph of <laughs> were the pets so they had to okay. go through you to get to them yeah <laughs> and then you know these guys were pulling out like the magazines with the whole photo shoot oh, and like gotcha. here can you sign and i'm these two girls were very nice very nice girls uh they're sitting next to me and i i didn't want to be like oh wow i admire your work or anything so i'm trying to you know avert my eyes and i'm trying to watch <laughs> i'm trying to watch the game the the line never stopped the entire game so i i didn't watch hardly any of that super bowl really they had that kind of turnout there huh yeah it was mm. it was incredible yeah and like i said it was like it was a lot the point where my wife was like uh, she probably would have said it if it was two hundred dollars, but <laughs> you're going, yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah, we had, had had a nice time and everything, and it was it was a good good event and all that. But it was just like the opposite of what I want to do. What yeah. I really want to do is sit. Like I, I told you that one time I did the Al Bundy where I taped off the yeah. section of the couch <laughs> yeah. where I'm like, this is dad's spot right here. Pretend I'm not here. This is where I'm going to watch it. I don't want anybody talking. I don't want to, you know, I just want to watch the game. Yeah. And a lot of times I'll, go, I'll take notes and everything. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's that's how I prefer to do that. I don't really, I mean, if there's a couple of people around that I really know, but the AFC NFC um, championship, you know, for the last what, twenty some years, was always uh, over at the late great 
Dory Monson's house, and then Moyer has picked up that tradition. Mm. So AFC, NFC Championship, I like to hang out with the guys. I had a great time with everybody except Paul Moyer this last time, <laughs> even though it was at his house. But it was it, it was, wasn't quite as hospitable as you were expecting him to be, or present. Something yeah. like that. Uh, so it was me, Nasa Chobi, Ray Roberts, um, uh, Michael Bumpus, and Jordan Babineau. Yeah, we had a good old time. Then Heather Moyer. Heather Moyer came down and substituted <laughs> her, her husband. So, so, she played the role of Paul Moyer. Yes. So, uh, yeah, I, I, so AFC, NFC, I'm used to that. I think it's great. But, yeah, the Super Bowl. Yeah, the don't bigger, you want to just sit there? Yes. The bigger the event, the more I, I don't want to have to interact. Okay. Like, uh, yeah, if I'm invested in it or I'm just I'm really anxious to see something, whether it's a game, a fight, I, I can't have – the, the chatter. I can't have the questions. And like you, I'll take notes. Sometimes I'll pause. I'll rewind. For, wait a minute. What happened? Was he holding or was it was the ball? Was it down? Was it not, whatever? I just want the freedom to do it and not screw up somebody else's time where they're right. going, what are you doing? You know? Yes. So I've had, you know, people that have wanted to watch fights or games with me. And I'm just like, yeah, no, you're, you probably won't enjoy it because I especially if it's a Seahawks game, it's a road game. I'm at home. I will stop and rewind and look at that play again and try to see if I thought I saw the right thing or, and they're like, what are you doing, man? Game's still going. Yeah, I know. Yeah. This is how I do it. We'll catch up. Yeah. We'll catch up. This is how it goes. The only problem about that, Bob, though, is during the Super Bowl, that's the one time you don't want to run through the commercials. Exactly right. So yeah, that's why there's lots of pressure to, you know, keep it on time. And by the way, the reason why Mac didn't go is because he's, he's like, Come on, man! I got my foundation. I can't. I can't be doing this thing with the <laughs> penthouse pets. And I was like, well, I can. <laughs> Your wife would have been mad if you didn't. That's the best part of that story. So my buddy, uh, Principal Joe Joss, who went to UW, and he's usually uh, in the stands at the UW football games. Joe Joss is next to um, uh, Captain Husky. Have you ever seen Captain Husky? Mm-mm. Yeah. So. They they show him quite a bit, um, but anyway, he has a T-shirt, and I, I don't. It's the only place I've ever seen one. But there's a T-shirt of a picture of me, and then the two pets, um, and just their faces. Okay, uh, and uh, yeah, and it says something about the Super Bowl, whatever. It's a T-shirt, which I never got one, or if I did, it was a medium, and I couldn't wear it. But uh, yeah, that was. That was that was one of the, but that, that's the opposite of what I want to do. Yeah. I really would like you. I want to sit and very intensely watch the game. And so it'll be you and Shannon this weekend. Yeah. The only thing I'm going to coach her up a little bit because we haven't watched a lot of games together uh, <laughs> recently. Coach her up. <laughs> well, I mean, we were watching the Packer Detroit game, which Detroit wins and the Seahawks get in the soup uh, into the playoffs. And um, it was like there would be like a play in the middle of the first quarter that was like second and eight and they dropped the pass and she's like oh no whatever oh what's he doing he should have caught that i'm like it's okay it's it's third and four now and we're okay you're like yeah. he was trying to catch it yeah well it was just like there was too much excitement like yeah. let's wait till they get down inside the red zone <laughs> so, you gotta coach her up i love it <laughs> you can tell that dave's wife doesn't listen to this show i think you'd be speaking about this differently if you knew for a fact she was tuned in would no, you no i told her about it yeah yeah and but the thing is is when people scream and yell, um, the next sound that you're going to hit is Hoover hitting the bell oh, on the slider because right. yeah, he doesn't yeah. like it when people, you know, if if I even like utter a swear word, a certain one, um, he will go over, ding, and hit the bell. He doesn't doesn't want any confrontation. That's a he's a peaceful he's, he's a peaceful a good, individual. 
He I used to Heart call him uh, used to call him Officer Hoove uh, at the dog park because he would get really mad when other dogs would fight. He would go over there and get in between them and start. Well, plus, barking. you said he tells on your other pets. and he tells on the cats. Yeah, <laughs> they jump up on the counter and are eating something. He'll just start barking his head off. So. That's awesome. Yeah. Lefko, are you uh, you going to a party or any? Oh, did I catch a mid donut? What's going on there? <laughs> He's got a mouthful of food. Tell back us there. about your donuts, man. He. 21 cent donuts? He's yeah, he was always when I'm eating. Yeah. You always oh, wait, you're always eating. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Are you are you doing a Super Bowl party or I what don't are you know. doing? In the process of figuring it out. Are you do you prefer heading, that? Maybe heading your way. If I have no rooting interest, sure. You might be heading my way. West Seattle. Oh, I was going to say, you're not coming to my house. No. no not, not after, hearing, after hearing about how you two like to watch, absolutely not. Mike, you're, you're not invited to either of our places. I don't recall so. sending that invitation out. No. I mean, with all the food that you bring in, Dave, I would come to your place and ransack your fridge and pantry and then probably leave. Could so. you picture him going through your fridge and, and, and pantry going, oh, well, this is a crappy kind. This brand stinks. Yeah. How come you don't get the other one? Uh, everything's <laughs> from Costco. You like Costco, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, what were we talking about here? Oh, if, yeah. If you're going to go to a party and watch well, the Super I, Bowl. Like you guys said, if I don't have a rooting interest for the Super Bowl, absolutely. That's you want to be in a party or you yeah, don't want to be? Yeah, because that's a game where it's so long. You know, the pregame theatrics, the halftime takes forever. So you might as well. And until recently, there have been bad games. Most of the time, the Super Bowl is a bad game. So if you're building up to an event like that and then it's not entertaining you're just sitting by yourself and that's the final game of the season and then it kind of stinks yeah mm. you know i still get sick to my stomach when they play super bowl 49 when they play super bowl because I, I i was just watching the other day uh the the comeback the patriots you're alone on that yeah the the patriots when they were what were they the, down 28 to nothing to oh, atlanta the falcons yeah and they came back at the end i mean I, i'm sure that Falcon fans get, but the way that one ended, it still just totally makes me sick. And every time we go down to spring training or when we're playing down there, I just, whenever I see that building, I just go, oh, because we had so much fun. This is where Bob and I bonded the year before <laughs> Super Bowl 48 and where we would do like two hours in the morning and then we'd go out and hike around the city. Yeah, I would get us lost and tell Bob that I was really good. <laughs> don't worry, I don't need a compass or a map. You were talking about your time as a youth and you guys could just find your way through the woods. Through you the just forest. had this great sense of direction and I was like, I'm yes. the opposite. I've got no sense of direction. Thank God I'm with you. And then we're going, wait a minute. And then Bob, <laughs> Bob noticed when we walked past the same church three times. I was like, no, you turn here. You know, you turn here. But yeah, we had so much fun. And then we'd come back and do the afternoon deal yeah. and then we went bowling at night. Remember that party where the bowling alley was and it yeah, was just the media a, party yeah it was a huge like there was a whole bunch of stands of different kinds of food i mean it was and then they go out and just annihilate the broncos and then the next year i get it was okay it was in arizona it wasn't the same thing as being in new york no there was no sardis there no, no sardis i yeah. mean you got that kind of history and seinfeld tradition reference with bob and i but uh <laughs> but yeah but it would have been great right if if they would have won that game you would have felt totally different but it was just so sickening for me having to go to the party afterwards like i had to but you know i was looking looking at kj just slumped in his chair with his head down um you know luke wilson just like freaking out over you know we i can't believe we lost that game i mean it was just uh it was just such a bad bad deal but um but yeah for the most part uh, super bowls you know i mean if we've been three times in the time that I've been covering the Seahawks, yeah. uh, it's you, you know you're pretty. It's a that's a decent number. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's it's 
It's such a cool experience, and it's, it, you know, you get, like we've talked about before, you get numb to some of the, you going to games and things, because that's what we do for a living. Right. You know, right. but that, that's still a special event, the Super Bowl, and it's, 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 it's very cool, everything that's surrounding it and the buildup, and, and some of it's goofy. You know, we talked about the reporters for Media Night now. It used to be Media Day, but... Some of the people I would see out there would just be like, what are you doing? Have some uh. self-respect, would you? <laughs> <laughs> Where's your self-respect, man? Yeah. You know, I remember seeing some somebody, uh, I, I think she was, I can't remember if she was like from Puerto Rico or Mexico or somebody, she was a media member, but she was dressed head to toe in a wedding dress and she's proposing to Tom Brady. Oh and, and it's all on camera, you know, it's all for their station or whatever and doing it all with the mic and then... One of the one of the I think it was when the Colts were in the Super Bowl, but one of the Colts like old lineman like picked her up and put her on his shoulder and carried her around. I'm like, what are you doing? Come on, <laughs> don't encourage her. Don't do that. Yeah, so, yeah. It's a it's it's such a strange thing, man. It's it's a very cool thing if you can even if you don't go to the game. Yeah, if you're just down there that the week of, if you if you have a chance to be in the vicinity, it's it's pretty crazy what goes on around there. Yeah, and there's all kinds of parties that lead everywhere lead up to it. Yeah. So. Yeah, every, people are <laughs> a five oh nine. Have you seen that? Uh, I can't, I can't remember what the product is, but they're talking about. Hey, we love our new house, but we have an ant problem. And is then all the ants are in there. I think. Yeah, is Geico? that Geico? Is that yeah, Geico? yeah, right. And they, and they they said Lefco expired, expired, expired. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Lefco will be doing yeah, in my house. Yeah, I go through all your food. <laughs> no, my wife does a good job. Like, I get in really a lot of trouble if I open something that's, there's another one that's already opened. Oh. Yeah, and I'm like, if I showed you my pantry, like, there needs to be, like, a map or a chart or something. <laughs> like, oh, no, it's in the bottom, and then I have to go through all this stuff. It's all organized, and I usually just totally obliterate it. But, uh, yeah, but we, we try to avoid the expired <laughs> I could, that is kind of left. I could see him just going, oh, this one's, this is a bad brand. I should have got the other one. <laughs> expired, uh, expired. 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 Do you think I would ever do that? I would eat everything. You would eat, you, That's but the you, problem. I think you would criticize the brand. You would you you'd talk about how this was the bad no, brand. I, I think Lefko would say, oh, I need it all. It died two months ago. Eh, it's okay. It's okay. Just, yeah. just scrape the mold off. It'll be <laughs> yeah. fine. Uh, one last one, the 425. Lefko, you're invited to my place. We'll have tons of food, says the 425. I appreciate that, 425. So there you go. And then they'll get sick of me after I proceed to eat all of said food. <laughs> all of said food and criticize other food that and, they got for you. And the game has barely started. They're going to go, you know what? Why don't you go home? We're going to watch second half on our own. Thanks for coming. Uh, all right. Meanwhile, we opened the show. We talked about what ESPN did, which I think is, is pretty cool each year. They do they do a redraft of the previous year based on how the season went for all the all the rookies and, and sort of reposition where the, where the draft would be. And the Seahawks, we already felt really good about what they did. I mean, you know, top to bottom for the outside of who was it, Tyreek Smith? Is that his name? Tyreek Smith. The yeah. only one who didn't play. And then uh, Bo moved on. Uh, to another Bo Melton. Team. Bo Melton moved on to another team. Everybody yep. else. So seven out of nine. Yeah. And some contributed in a huge way, some smaller, but it just, it was about as good a draft head to toe as I think maybe they've ever had. Yeah. And in, made, in the John and Peter. I mean, it's yeah. crazy how good it was. But with the redraft, it looks even better. Because this is this isn't us. This isn't you know Seattleites out here saying hey the, what they did was perfect. This is national perspective on it and seeing how they redrafted and where guys went. The biggest mover, clearly without question, was Tariq Woolen. He's a fifth round pick this year. 
fifth round pick. It was one pick different than than where they took Richard Sherman, mm-hmm. who was another wide receiver converted to cornerback, which is exactly what Woolen is. They got him going number three overall in the first round from the fifth round. I think probably the only, and I didn't look at every jump in there, but the biggest jump had to be Brock Purdy, who was Mr. Irrelevant. Last pick of the seventh round. They've got him going number four overall, right behind Tariq, to the Jets. So that's, I'm assuming, he would represent the biggest jump from where they were actually picked to where they would be picked. But Tariq Woolen, a fifth-round pick, and they've got him number three. Mm. And the only the only problem with that is, number one is Sauce Gardner. Yeah. Which... Not a problem. Great player, like we talked about to open the show. He is certainly talented and worthy of attention, but boy, it seems a little, little bit much. Yeah, I know. I, and, and but you know, he only moved up, like you said, uh, four spots, right, or three spots. Um, but I think that. Well, I, I liked your theory, Bob. Actually, I thought it was his funny. nickname. It's his name. That's Sauce. why everybody. It just. Totally, it's a catchy. I mean, if his name was Joe Schmagegi, yeah. Well, actually, that's yeah, pretty. Yeah, might lure people in. Yeah, but <laughs> if it's uh, you know Joe Smith, yeah, maybe not. But the the thing I think that people do say about him, and then, you know, look, I always go to like you know we talk offensive line. Um, was texting with with Ray. I think we're gonna have Ray Roberts on on the because this this stacks up to be a Super Bowl that's gonna be won and lost on the offensive you know yeah. uh, on the 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 front seven and the line of scrimmage. But um, but you know I talked to Marcus Trufant, who I, I just think is is one of the the best Seahawks of all time, and he was telling me about Sauce Gardner. He's like, man, the guy is so solid. He's very and that's the difference between him and Tariq Woolen. Tariq Woolen is is still pretty raw. You know, and that's a lot of it according to what I see. But it's also, you know, talking to Paul Moyer, who coached defensive backs, mm-hmm. and and uh, and Marcus Trufant. But uh, yeah, Sauce Gardner's really refined. He's very, but, he's awesome. Yeah. He's worthy of praise, a ton of praise. But but was it twenty passes broken up yet? And I think I uh, have to look up. And I think Maybe. Tariq had fifteen, but he had six picks, and Sauce had two. Yeah, so, I mean, Aiden Hutchinson, who stayed, I think he stayed at two, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. So he was, he was the, number two overall, and then he the did. redraft. He's two, and they put Sauce one. He was the most productive of the three. If I'm being objective here, I mean nine and a half sacks. I think he had three interceptions more than Sauce, and a couple of uh, fumble recoveries. Yeah. I mean he he was ridiculous. He lived up to the billing. Sauce is a great player. I just boy the the numbers. If we're just comparing per- production, he would be third out of those three: Tariq, Aiden, and Sauce Gardner. Yeah. Well, and I don't know what it is with the the New York players because also the kid, the running back from the Jets, that uh, is it, Brees Young, that he got drafted. They, I think they moved him. Is it up. Hall? Uh, what's that? Is his last name Hall? Is it maybe Brees Hall? Yeah. So I mean, you look Ken Walker. Ken Walker had over a thousand yards, and this kid had you know I think six hundred all purpose, but he got hurt. He only played in a few games, so um, they moved him up too, and, and not. I mean, a ridiculous amount, but it was more than Ken Walker got. So, yeah, they moved him to 35, and Ken Walker is at 40. So I don't I don't understand that part either. I, I think they kind of got screwed a little bit on, on these two, two things. So, you know, really, I think the guy that got screwed is Aiden Hutchinson. Nine, yeah. nine, nine and a half sacks, three picks. I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah. I just, I don't know. The, the Ken Walker one is weird to me because he led all rookies in rushing he essentially did it in 11 games. If they really look at what he did, he had 23 combined carries in the first four games. 
and then he missed a couple at the end of the season, missed time at the end of the season. So essentially in 11 full-time games, yeah. he goes over 1,000 yards, and that only bumps him up one spot. Boye Mafe moved up more spots, and he really didn't have a presence till toward the end of the season, not ripping him, but if you're just talking about season-long impact, yeah. it, it wasn't comparable to what Ken Walker did, yet he moved up to number 38. Uh, so that was interesting. And then, then you saw Abe Lucas, who was a third-round pick, number 72 overall in the redraft. He's number 61. And then uh, who was last? Charles Cross, who was number nine overall, stayed at number nine. Stayed at nine, yeah. So that was good news. You know, I mean, I think the Seahawks got the most guys moved up or, or that stayed in their place. But, yeah, as you mentioned, some of them kind of head scratchers. I'm sure it was a difficult task going through all their stats and where they were drafted and all that. Um, you know, you saw a couple of players that stayed like where they were, like Charles Cross, uh, Kayvon Thibodeau. Mm-hmm. He stayed at the the number five pick there with the uh, with the Giants. But yeah, the Seahawks had the most players that moved up, and the Jets really did have a uh, a pretty good a pretty good draft because they had the, they had the receiver too. I'm trying to remember his name. Uh, oh, the kid out of Ohio State. Yeah. Uh, he, oh, jeez. Yeah. yeah. Somebody will text it in, or you, I'm sure you got it in front Terry of you Wilson. there. Garrett Wilson, there thank you, you. Yeah, so now yeah. they just need a quarterback to throw him the ball. Yeah, yeah. So they're, yeah. I mean, the the Jets look like a team. They they remember the first half of the season. They're like, wow, this is the Jets, huh? They were winning, and then the wheels really kind of came defense. off a bit. Yeah, yeah, they had issues at quarterback, obviously. So we'll see what what goes on with them. But they they look like they're primed to become something other than the Jets of old and and be good again. But yeah, Tariq Woolen going from fifth round. To number three overall. That's huge. Well deserved. Very cool to see. All right, coming up, uh, who is the ideal pick on defense for the Seahawks team at number five? We're going to compare two prospects. Coming up with Wyman and Bob, this is Seattle Sports Station on 710. Wyman and Bob. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports Station. Draft is going to be here before we know it, Dave. Have you looked forward to or have you anticipated a draft more than this one since Pete and John have been here? I don't think so, man. You know, I mean, we know it's the highest pick they've ever had. The highest pick previous to this year is number six, right? Well, Pete and John. Yeah, in the Pete and John era we're talking about. Yeah, that was the Russell Okung, uh, Earl Thomas. Earl Thomas. Six and 14. So this technically, if they use it, it's the highest one they go into a draft with at number five. Yeah. And, and maybe there is a chance they move it back. I have no idea what uh, you know what what they're going to do and how they value players. Um, the guy we were talking about from last draft, real quick, that um, <laughs> the one guy that I was like, I really like this guy. I like his pass moves. I think he's got a really good game. Is Ty- Tyreek Smith? That's the the one guy that didn't didn't play didn't play. He was hurt. Yeah, so he got hurt right away, and so and we had him on our show, and I went up to him and talked to him last year when uh, this is right after he got drafted. We what talked was to his him. injury. Do you remember? I think it was like a groin or a core thing going on, something like that. So that that was a shame because I know that Bump was uh, was big on Tariq Wool, and he's like, oh man, this guy, yeah, a lot of potential, and and so we all kind of picked who we thought, and I I thought Tyreek Smith was was going to be one of those guys that was kind of a kind of a sleeper and. You know, he just never got going. But yeah, this is a this is a huge deal, man. I mean, picking number five, uh, and they they've done well when they've picked in the top half of the draft so far. Anyway, I'm just I'm so curious to see what John does. I don't I, like if I had to make a a call right now. Does he use number five or does he trade it? I'd yeah. say he trades it. I well, just I, because that's just kind of who they've been. But it's always 
been at the back end of the dra- of the round, so this is just a different territory than they've been in. So maybe maybe that doesn't apply here. Yeah, I guess it could happen. I think that when you have, I, I think he he talks a lot about you know one through fifteen, but certainly one through ten. That mm. those are really the first round draft choice. I mean, I think the reason why he's traded back at the end or the bottom of the first round draft choice is he thinks. You know, that guy's not a first-round grade, according to us. He's there, but that's not what we, what, what our standards are. And that's when, you know, he'll trade back. So maybe, maybe that happens, which would be cool. I mean, we talked about this. I think Paul Moore brought this up that, uh, you know, somebody, one of those quarterbacks is there, like this Will Levis guy, Levis. Levi's. <laughs> yeah, um, he, maybe, and all of a sudden you're starting to see, did somebody have him as number one? Well, he's a, yeah, that CBS one I gave you yeah. uh, that came out today. And, and this guy, you know, he got creative. He had some trades that were pulled off. So mm-hmm. the Colts traded into that number one overall spot in his mock draft, and they took Will Levis. Right. So, and that's the one where the Seahawks traded back to number nine from five, but they still got. Uh, uh, Tyree, Tyree Wilson. Wilson. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, this is what happens every year. You have guys that move up and Will Levis could be one of those guys that, uh, you know, all of a sudden, you know, <laughs> I always say he didn't play a snap from his last game until the draft. And yet somehow he's climbed up like an entire round or something. So, well, their workouts can obviously go a long way into swaying people, right? With their, their pro yeah. days, if you will. And they'll, in my opinion, too much. Probably, it's but it's all about them playing. But aren't you hoping for that? Here's what I'm hoping, yeah. and we said this before, that every I hope every quarterback that's projected to go, you know, in that group, Will Levis, Bryce, all the, all these guys, C.J. Stroud, I hope they kill it. I hope yeah. it's just glowing reviews, and I've never seen anybody perform this way. I want all of that hype. I want it all because then some team that desperately needs a quarterback is going to get desperate. And maybe they're desperate. And if one of them are hanging around there and the, – and, you know, the number four pick is something other than a quarterback, and there are the Seahawks. Yeah. And there's a team behind him going, well, the team behind the Seahawks is going to take this guy. We love him. He was great. Right. I want that desperation. Yeah, that's exactly what, what Paul said, that, you know, if you get that kind of created that, you know, then all of a sudden you get their pick at the, let's say, middle of the first. And that's only done if they think that their guy they can get is there. Yeah. And then you get another second rounder and a third rounder or maybe or even a first year for yeah. the next year. So, yeah, that uh, you just never really know. And we won't know. They're very good at keeping – Keeping a lock on uh, on what what they think about different players. Well, we saw. I mean, we saw with Trey Lance. What, what was he again? Forty Nine ers gave up two firsts and a second to move up. Yeah, or two firsts and a third. Yep. Yeah, at least two firsts though. At least two firsts to move up. In, and I can't remember where they were at versus where they, they, they moved up to. But, I mean, it was like middle to that was an incredible amount of draft capital to give up for Trey Lance, who they, hey, you know, they had a conviction. Go for it. You well, know, that, that, to this point, it hasn't worked out. But right. it just shows you what kind of payday you can get sitting there with a top five pick and a team that's desperate for a specific quarterback. Right. Yeah, so and you kind of trust Kyle Shanahan. I mean, seems like a really good coach. So maybe Trey Lance ends up being just a, a rock star, but just haven't seen it yet. But um, but yeah, that that's the the thing. Those are a couple of the scenarios that could definitely happen. But you know, I think I think we that there's always that you're sitting there waiting for their first pick when we go down there and do radio, and then uh, they've traded it away. Yeah. All right, well, let's see what else can we talk about here. But This we'll know right away. Yeah, we're going to know right away. And then there's another one at 20, too. 
I mean, also the the twentieth twentieth uh, pick is there, and then you got a couple of second rounders, so it'll be. You know this class, and then the next class. Plus, you get guys like DK, and it's it's going to be very exciting. So, to answer your question, no, I don't, I don't, I think this is the most exciting draft that that we've seen certainly during their era. I was really excited, just like everybody else in two thousand nine when they had the four pick and they took Aaron Curry. Yeah, everybody was, yeah, everybody was. The guy that's, was a Buckus Award winner. You look at yeah. his. That's revisionist history. Everybody, Stuff. oh, yeah, yeah, they took him. What if, look at how good they are. Yeah, you probably liked him as well. It was a consensus. Yeah. I don't. I didn't hear it. It, it always comes up. I hate that. I hate that. I do, it, too. Somehow everybody else knew this guy wasn't going to pan out, but the Seahawks blew it and took him anyway. I'm yeah. like, no, you didn't. Well, no, you especially didn't. since he was, as a, we found, the second level linebacker, which is what I played. And, oh, you were so excited. It's like, so were you. Yes. Everybody was. Yeah, I'll was raise no, my hand. I loved it. No indication. It. Although, you know, to, you know, maybe we can find out from, from Schneider. And although he's a coach there now, so Aaron Curry is. Yeah. But I'm just curious what he would have had him at. Maybe he's one of those guys that was like, no, I didn't really see mm. in, anything. But I don't mm. think even that, I mean, somebody would have taken him in the first round. You didn't I didn't hear any dissension. I didn't yeah. I don't recall any of that, but all of a sudden you fast forward 10 years and everybody was an expert and could have told you it wasn't going to work. Of course, like, yeah. Okay. But uh, you know, that's what the cool thing is about the draft though, is yeah. that there really is no guarantee. Yeah, I love the redraft. I love I love that stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's 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 all subjective again. It's somebody's opinion, but it, it's just interesting to see who kind of pans out, who doesn't. Uh, KJ Wright, though, talking with uh, Brock and Salk, said that in his his estimation, there are a lot of areas where the Seahawks need to improve. Well, no, this going to take some time. I mean, let's look at this roster, guys. We they have a lot of holes. They have a lot of holes on this football team. The interior offensive line scares me. The interior defensive line terrifies me. The linebacker unit is they don't have linebackers. There's no linebackers on this football team. And so they have a lot, a lot of holes to add via free agency, via the draft. And so I believe we're like in another three years before we can be like really honest and transparent to say this is a Super Bowl caliber roster because right now they're very depleted in a lot of areas. Hang on one sec. First of all, I agree with him on the interior of the O-line, which he's not naming names, but you're you're looking at the center and maybe one of the guards you or something. You name names. Yeah, but it, and he says it for the interior of both lines. He's yeah. he's very very uncomfortable with both interior areas, but they don't have a linebacker. Where who's Jordan Brooks? Well, is he just He's probably counting him as the, hurt. The injury? Yeah, I think. Okay, that's fair. And then though. there's a question. I I agree with him on that because on, you, on Cody, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, you you have Cody, but you don't really know. You don't really know. I don't. I'm, I'm not sure how he's gonna. Last year, I was very based on what I saw. Mm-hmm. I was very excited about him, and you saw it a couple of times where he had had really good games. But you know, there was a lot of times not. And then you know, with uh, with Jordan Brooks, um, you know, I think with Cody, I mean, you need reps, and it took him like five, four years to get up and actually get some reps. So. Maybe that's what the what the reason is. I'm not making excuses for him because, yeah, I, I agree with KJ. And that's why I talked about Drew Tranquil, who's mm-hmm. a free agent that's a Charger linebacker, second-level guy. Um, you know, you don't know about Jordan Brooks. So um, he <laughs> he used some, was it scary or terrifying? It scares me and terrifying. Well, what do you think about that? The interior of the O-line and the interior of the D-line, he's, yeah. he's horrified by both. Well, I think that. I think you can you can upgrade. I, I like Damian Lewis. I think he's 
a, a good player. I think you can go into next season with him. But, um, yeah, they might want to do something with uh, at center and then, you know, guard. And Phil Haynes, you know, we'll, we'll see. I think he's maybe he's just a backup. We'll see. But but then, you know, certainly on the other side, and that's mm-hmm. what we we're talking about, Deron Payne and like this uh, this kid, uh, Jalen Carter from, yeah. from Georgia. All right, coming up, where do we rank LeBron's record amongst the all-time great records in sports? We'll get into that next with Wyman and Bob. This is Seattle Sports Station on 710. Wyman and Bob. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports Station. History was made last night, Dave, in the world of the NBA. LeBron James becomes the NBA's all-time scoring leader. 38,390 points. He passes the captain, the great Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Cap. Cap was there. He was there courtside hanging out. He was, uh, it was awesome to hear him interviewed. I didn't, I had forgotten there had been some sort of like little mini beef between him and Shaq. Cause they. Kareem? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I think when, when Shaq was, might've been when he was playing with the Lakers and all of that, but, but uh, they, they talked about it on air. They did an on air interview mm. last night and. You know, it was it was all love. It was all love and respect between the two of them. Yeah, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar has just been, you know, I just I love the the story and sort of how he's developed into you know kind of a different person and what he went based on what he went through and everything. And you know, you just you mellow with age, right? And and yeah. I just think he's maybe he could be the most intelligent ex player ever. Yeah. I just. Just love everything I hear from Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah, huge, huge fan of Kareem, especially his work in airplane. Uh, but uh. He, he's uh, and and you know he did some time on on screen with Bruce Lee, so you know that's pretty cool. I was busting my buns every <laughs> night. You tell your your dad try to drag Lanier up and down the court. I just love when he passed out and they drag him out of the seat and he's wearing his uniform. <laughs> he's got knee pads on and everything. He's got the Lakers gear on. It's hilarious. But anyway, uh, so LeBron breaks that that scoring mark and who knows where it ends. I was just looking at the all time list. He's the next active player that's the closest to him is Kevin Durant, who's about twelve thousand points behind him, which is crazy. So we'll see where it ends at that point. But it, it, it's. Where is there is there another record out there that you look at and just go nobody's going to break this is hallowed like where does this one rank amongst all time great records yeah. because the one that just seems like it's not going to fall is the all time uh, the hitting streak Joe DiMaggio fifty six games in nineteen forty one that's what eighty eighty two going on eighty two years old that record now fifty six games yeah. yeah I'm trying to think of what's what's more impressive I mean. I think it's based on streak. I mean, if you're talking about streaks, football's probably just records. Just pro- any, yeah, it, probably the hardest as far as like something that's done on the field because it's hard to stay healthy. Yeah, you know. But um, but yeah, I mean that that's that's pretty amazing in baseball. I think baseball ones are are always difficult. But the things that I admire are typically the streaks I really like are the health streaks where somebody so like played, Cal Ripken his uh, Iron Man streak yeah certain you know number of consecutive games that you know that that to me is is very but you know averaging 30 points a game that's it's it's almost like a, a really good high school you know player I remember Tommy Maddox yeah who, he was in Super Bowl 40 I'd forgotten that he was on the sidelines the other day I was watching talking to um 
he was talking to Ben Roethlisberger during the game, and uh, Tommy, we called him Junior. Junior was my roommate, and so we were on the road and stuff. I don't know why I was roommates with a backup quarterback, but coolest dude ever. Mm -hmm. But, you know, he was telling me about... Why was I roommates with a quarterback? (laughs) Yeah, so did he. But I I liked him. We we were friends. So, um, yeah, he was telling me about high school basketball. I'm like, how much did you you score? He's like, "Eh, scored 36 a game. You know, I try to hit about seven or eight threes, and I'm like, what? I mean, LeBron is, this is like high school numbers. Yeah. And, you know, look, it's He's doing it at 38 years old. Yeah, he's 38, and he's seventh in the league in average, I think, and it's 30.6, I think, or something like that, and I think the highest is 31 or 32. So when you look at his his career, one of the criticisms of his game for a number of years, he was always, he was, he, you look at his assist numbers. That guy was constantly passing up shots and passing, you know, the ball to a teammate who was in a better spot. He was, you know, he was being criticized for being a bit too unselfish early in his career. Mm. And, you know, so I, I heard people sort of debating, you know, what if what if he were more of today's mind where he's he's going to go out there and he's going to take charge and score more often than dishing off as much as he did? Where would he be at point wise? And. Yeah, obviously he'd have more. How many? How many more points? I have no idea. But it is an interesting element of his game because it is one of the critiques of his game that you think is a good thing, being unselfish. But they thought it was almost to a point where mm. it could be, you know, a negative that he wouldn't take certain shots and he would he would dish it off. But I, I would say the hit streak in terms of records. Somebody, you know, I think Lefko put on here like the home run number. That to me has been distorted by steroids. That's that's you know single season. Total, you know, I know Barry Bonds technically has the career record. I still, I recognize Hank Aaron as the all-time home run king, but I know technically it's Barry. That that number lost its meaning to me, and I think to a lot of baseball fans, I don't, I don't think it's the hallowed record that it once was. Fifty-six games in a row, that record has stood since nineteen forty-one. Mm-hmm. I don't know that that one gets broken. Yeah, uh, well, maybe with the shift. <laughs> <laughs> That'll you know, be all of a sudden you got three guys yeah. that have broken their it'll be like the home run record where Sosa broke it and McGuire broke it and Bonds broke it. Everybody's gonna break it left and right. The shift just leads to that record That's falling right. immediately and then often. I think I think that the way we talk about it sometimes or you know, people think about it is that oh yeah, shift, oh it's gonna be great. And yeah, it'll probably be it'll be somewhat noticeable and you the stat guys definitely will be will be all over it. But uh I think it's it's kind of funny how that's become like a thing that's going to be the cure-all for baseball and you know it might but, be for some players that that yeah. are considered Kyle Seager was the best example of it because we yeah. all saw him kind of hit to that same shallow right fielder every time and yeah. you know if you have a traditional setup those are hits those mm-hmm. are hits I mean you know some people were more consistent in hitting in that area than others and he was one and so we'll see what it means to everybody else out there you feel like somebody like Jared Kelnick that could benefit but is it going to be as dramatic as some people think? I, I don't. Nobody knows. You you got people on both sides going. Oh man, you're going to see a big difference in averages going up and more action. Other people going. It's not going to be nearly as big of a deal as people are making it out to be. And I, I tend to assume the truth will lie somewhere in between. Yeah. Well, and maybe just mentally for a guy like you know, because seemingly with Jared Kelnick, everything is between his ears, right? I mean, right. He has the. Maybe it's just knowing that. You know, maybe when he gets up there and sees the shift, it's just like daunting to him that his mind goes somewhere else. Like, I got to do more in order to get a hit. Is it like in golf when you, you know, for somebody like me who can't really golf, I see water. It's like a magnet. My ball's going to go there. 
yeah. could be pointed the opposite direction and somehow my ball is going to find the water. So maybe for him, it's like he sees the shift and I'm trying to avoid it, but you invariably you hit right into it. Yeah. But I think I was golfing with Moyer one time. I said, I'm not going to hit it in the water. And he said, what water? I'm like, that's good, Paul. Thank you. I can work with that. Yeah, that's that's better. That's the better way to handle it. But uh, so you're you're more impressed with the Cal Ripken streak, though. That's the one that's twenty six hundred and change. I think is the number. Yeah, I'd have to look it up. But I think it's twenty six thirty. Yeah, something. I mean, it's not like football or anything, but still, man. Like, there's so many things we see guys, you know, pitchers, but going down with fingernail things. I mean, yeah. there's so many things that can take you out of a game. I think that's the most impressive. Yeah, plus baseball lends itself to that. The, those records are held in much higher regard. Like, yeah. we know Emmett Smith is the all-time rushing leader. I couldn't tell you what the what the yards are. I have no idea. I have to look it yeah, up. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, football's just not built around stats no. in that way. They don't hold those records so sacred. I don't know the passing yards number. Yeah. No idea. Have to have to look all that up, but baseball those were those were ingrained for a long time. All right, coming up, uh, they've got a lot of pro prospects, and we're going to hear about all of them from Jeff Dantzler of the Georgia Radio Network. That's coming up next with Wyman and Bob. This is Seattle Sports Station on Seven Ten.